Awesome. What a wonderful song. I love that song. Be Thou My Vision. I hope the Lord is your vision, and I hope He will be your vision throughout. It's a very fitting song for our sermon today, but let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer this morning. Father, thank You so much for this day, for this opportunity that we can be here this morning. Father, thank You for each person who's come, each person who will watch online. Father, I pray that You give them a special blessing for making the attempt to be here and be uh, under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Father, I pray most of all today that it would be your Word that would truly come forth today. It would not be anything that I have to say, but Father, it would be all because of you and who you are. And Father, our focus would be solely and wholly upon you. Father, we love you. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I like starting my messages with a question, and so I want you to raise your hand if this is you today, okay? Uh, this is not a trick question. I know some of you are nervous because I've done that a few times, but how many of you have ever experienced or been around a person who you would characterize as a bad apple? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> Look around the room, right? Everybody, most people have been around a person who we would characterize as being a bad apple. Just in case you're wondering, I have the definition of what a bad apple is, all right? From Oxford Dictionary, a bad apple is a bad or corrupt person in a group, typically one whose behavior is likely to have a detrimental influence on their associates, okay? So again, we have all been around somebody like this, right? A bad apple. It has been said that every organization has at least one bad apple in it. Someone who is bad, someone who is corrupt. In our society, this is usually what happens. One bad apple leads to distrust of the whole organization, doesn't it? How many of you have uh, watched the news lately and saw there was there's, uh, several bad cops in the Memphis area, right? We no longer have trust for policemen, do we? If we see a policeman, I'm, I'm just being honest, right? Our natural inclination is, <gasps> we're just not sure, right? Whereas all of my life growing up, man, policemen were to be trusted and trusted and trusted. Listen, one bad apple is something that helps us to distrust the whole organization, and in some cases, to cancel the whole organization. We live in a cancel culture. You do one thing wrong, and we will cancel you. You'll be off the internet. You'll be pulled off Spotify. You'll be pulled off everything. Why? Because you did something wrong. You're a bad apple. It's almost as if our culture is looking for any excuse possible to destroy someone's career or an organization. We look for that. So let me ask you a question this morning, and I think you've already answered it, but do bad apples exist, yes or no? Yes. They do. Answer is always yes. And they exist almost everywhere. And let me be so bold as to say that they exist even in church. Even in church. So let me ask this question. How many of you have ever met someone who's had a bad experience in church? I, I meet people all the time that say, I will never go to church. I had a bad experience there. All the time. Why? Because bad apples exist even in church. How many of you, again, don't raise your hand here, but maybe some of you have had a bad experience in church. Maybe you've met the bad apple at Bible Baptist Church, or you met the bad apple at some other church, and you just think, man, I will never, I have never 
been a part of this. Listen, bad experiences happen all over the place. There are bad apples all over the place. And even Jesus Christ himself had a bad apple in his initial 12. Anybody know his name? Judas. We all know who it is. We know that Jesus had a bad apple. But this morning, I want you to take your Bibles with me. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. I want you to see verse 14, Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. The Bible says this. We read this last week, but just to give context, these all, you can see them all in verse 13, they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and was with, and with his brethren. In verse 15, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. Notice verse 17, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. I want you just to stop right there. Notice verse 17 again. Let's read it together. You don't have to necessarily read it, but I want you to see it. For he was numbered with us. He was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. This was Judas. Yes, traitor Judas was with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He was a part of the ministry of Jesus. Hear me. He was one of the twelve. He was one of the 12 that walked, that spent three and a half years with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He listened to the teaching of Jesus. He listened to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through 7. He listened to uh, Jesus as he taught on how to abide in him in John chapter 15. And he was with him all the way through every single one of those things. He had a part in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Hear me. He was supposed to be one of the ones who was going to continue the ministry of Jesus after Jesus went to heaven. That was his purpose. That was who he was called to be. He was called to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ. So the question is, well, what happened? How does somebody who's walking and talking with Jesus, how does somebody who's spending time with Jesus, how does somebody who his purpose in life is to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ after Jesus ascends into heaven, how is it that this man is known worldwide as a traitor? How is it that this man is known worldwide as a bad apple? What happened? I want to show you this morning just two characteristics of Judas. That each and every one of us ought to avoid if we are going to fulfill our purpose in life. Number one, Judas cared more about his personal gain than the ministry of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Judas cared more about his own personal gain than he cared about the ministry of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles with me. Go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. 
Matthew chapter 26 and verse 14. Matthew 26 and verse 14. The Bible says this. Then one of the twelve, notice how it sets this up. Notice the phraseology. One of the twelve. He was one of Jesus' followers. He was one of the ones called Judas Iscariot. Went unto the chief priests and said unto them, watch this, what will ye give me? What are you going to give me and I will deliver him unto you? So he's already saying, listen, I want gain. I want to gain something. You're going to give me something, and I will deliver him, being Jesus, unto you. Notice, and they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver. And from that that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So from that moment, the time he decided in which he was going to go for personal gain more than the ministry of Jesus Christ, he sought an opportunity. He was looking for ways in which to betray him, in which to deliver him to the chief priests. So instead of supporting, instead of aiding, instead of bolstering the the ministry of Jesus, Judas looked for opportunities to betray him. He looked for opportunities. For what purpose? Just so he can make some extra money. Now, 30 pieces of silver would have been a good chunk of change for a man at that time. But he just wanted to get a little more personal gain. Can I ask you a personal question this morning? Do you care more about personal gain than you do about the ministry of Jesus Christ? Do you care more about personal gain than you do continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ? And you might say, well, I'm not really sure, or I don't know why you're asking me that question. Listen, how are we living our lives? Do we care more about personal gain than we do care about the ministry of Jesus Christ? Here's what I think all of us would say if we were honest. Most of us are not honest with ourselves, but if we were honest with ourselves, we would say something like this, well, both. I care about both. I care about my own personal gain, and I care about continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Anybody signing up to live in poverty? Anybody at all? This is your opportunity. None of us are. So by not raising your hands, you know what we've all just said, and I include myself here, we want to have personal gain. We want to have our cars and our houses, and we want to have food on the table. We want to have friends friends and family to come over, and we want to go on holidays. Listen, I'm with you. I just went to Florida. I want to do those things. I want to spend those times. I want to have those opportunities. But let me ask you this question. Do we care more about the ministry of Jesus Christ, or do we care more about our personal gain? And the reason we say both is because we want to have both. We want to have our personal gain, and we want to have an opportunity at continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ. The problem with that is this. At some point, none of us know when, but at some point we will be forced to choose one or the other. It's going to happen. Mark it down. 
you will be forced to choose one or the other. And what we choose in that moment here, it reveals our core. It reveals who we really are. Judas did both, hear me, quite well. Hear me, Judas did both quite well for about three to three and a quarter years. He walked with Jesus. He was the man who carried the purse. Oh, sure, every once in a while he would say something about some money and he would refer to it. And sure, he, he played this balance. And I'll be honest with you, he did it quite well for about three years. But when it came time to make a decision, when it came time where, the, if you will, the rubber meets the road, he decided that his personal gain was more important. It was worth more. 30 pieces of silver, hear me, he sold out Jesus Christ. He sold out the ministry of Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. What's the ministry of Jesus Christ worth to you? Honestly, I mean, seriously, honestly, ask yourself that question. You may not know all that it entails. You may not know everything that is going to lead to this. You may not know every detail about about how much money is it worth. How much money is the ministry of Jesus Christ? What if I gave you $100,000 today? Would you take that? Is that worth canceling the ministry of Jesus Christ? Here's the deal. The Bible says this very clearly. You cannot serve two masters. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other hear me ye cannot ye cannot serve god and mammon mammon money you can't do it and here we sit in canada in the 21st century loving life we are richer than than 99 percent of the world Let me ask you again, do you love and care more about your personal gain than you do the ministry of Jesus Christ? You cannot serve God and mammon. I believe that we have a Christian society that is far more concerned with our own personal gain rather than being concerned with the continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Hear me. We were made for far more than personal gain. We were made for far more than personal gain. Listen, at the end of this life, guess what? You never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Right? You've heard that a thousand times. You don't. How you came into this world with nothing is how you leave this world. Listen, it is far, far better to care more about the ministry of Jesus Christ, to care more about eternal riches than it is here on this earth, personal riches. Matthew 6, verses 19 and 21, through 21, excuse me. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Hear me, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The number one problem Judas had was this. He cared more about his personal gain than he did about the ministry of Jesus Christ. Number two, Judas led a people, a group of people, 
to destroy Jesus' ministry. Why don't you go back to Acts chapter 1 with me. And I want you to notice verse 16. Maybe you've noticed it before. But Acts chapter 1 in verse 16, the Bible says this. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Jesus. Watch this. Which was guide to them that took Jesus. He was guide to them that took Jesus. Now, keep your finger here. We'll be coming back to Acts chapter 1, but go to Mark 14. Mark 14 and verse 43. Mark 14 and verse 43. Mark 14 and verse 43, the Bible says, Immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas. Notice it says this again. One of the twelve. And with him, what? A great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. Again, I want you to see this. Judas led a group of people to destroy Jesus' ministry. The old saying is one bad apple spoils the bunch or the barrel. One bad apple spoils the bunch. Hear me. Our actions affect others. Our actions affect others others. Hear me. You have an influence on other people. Plain and simple. Judas led these people. He was the person who walked up to Jesus and kissed him. He was the instigator of all of this. He started this band. And here he's leading them to destroy the ministry of Jesus Christ. We all have influence. Some of you may be sitting here and saying, I don't have any influence. I don't have any influence whatsoever. Hear me. At the very least, at the very least, every single one of us has influence in our families. In our families. You say, well, I'm just a teenager. Hear me. You have an influence in your family. You say, well, I don't have children yet. You have influence in your family. Fathers, mothers, you have an influence in your family Grandparents, oh my goodness, grandparents have an influence in their families. Listen, at the very least, at the very least, we have an influence in our families. Let me ask you this. Are you influencing them to walk with Jesus? Or are you influencing them to walk against Jesus? Again, I think if most of us are honest today... We would say not both, but we would say neither. If we're honest, are you influencing them to walk with Jesus or are you influencing them to walk away from Jesus? I'm not blatantly saying, hey, don't ever love Jesus. I'm also not intentionally saying, 
Let's walk together with Jesus. Most of us, if we're honest, we would say, I'm doing neither. Once again, please understand, I've said this so many times over the last couple of weeks, we are made for more than just mere mediocrity. We are made for more than just mere mediocrity about the ministry even of Jesus Christ. I've heard so many people say, uh, you know what, my children, they'll decide when they're old enough. Listen, I think your children should decide when they're old enough. But are we leading them in that way? Hey, my parents aren't all they should be, and it's all their fault that I can't walk in that certain way. Hear me, you can be an influence over your parents if you will do what's right. Man, grandparents, you have such an awesome opportunity. Spend time with your grandkids and your, even your children, your older children, and just be an influence on them and talk to them and spend time with them. And I know some people just take their grandchildren out to eat just to spend time with them. Talk to them about Jesus. Hear me, Jesus is calling us to progress his ministry here on this earth. We are here for a purpose. We're made for more. I love this quote by Augustus Hopkins Strong. It says this, human nature is not a green apple to be perfected by mere growth, but an apple with a worm at the core, which left to itself will surely rot and perish. That worm is sin. Every one of us has it. Every one of us has it, and for lack of a better term, we are rotten to the core. Every one of us has the potential to be a bad apple, and every single one of us has the potential to influence someone else to come along with us. We all have that opportunity. Please hear me. Don't leave your influence to chance. We have to be super intentional about keeping our focus on Jesus. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Intentionality. Judas was one of the 12. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He was supposed to be one of the 12, one of the ones who were supposed to carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ. But Judas did the exact opposite. Judas did the exact opposite. Judas tried to put an end to the ministry of Jesus Christ. But hear me, little did Judas know that this was the catalyst that would begin the eternal ministry of Jesus Christ on this earth. Judas did not know that this was the catalyst. This would begin the death of Jesus Christ. And the death of Jesus Christ would give all of us that sit here this morning an opportunity at seeing him again in heaven someday to have eternal life with him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just a few short hours from Judas betraying Jesus, Jesus would be hung on a cross. Jesus would be beaten with a cat of nine tails. And all those things were horrific. All those things physically were something that none of us have ever even remotely closely gone to. But it wasn't that. It was your sin. It was my sin that was placed on him. 
And then God, his father, again, turned his back on him. And Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is what Jesus did. This was his eternal ministry. This is what would continue on for the rest of eternity. The sins of all mankind being redeemed. Now, while I believe it's important that every single one of us avoid these two characteristics of Judas. Let me ask you another question this morning. Does one bad apple negate the entire ministry of Jesus Christ? Let me say it one more time. Does one bad apple negate the entire ministry of Jesus Christ. Do we get to cancel Jesus because he had one bad apple? Does one or two or three bad experiences in church negate the ministry of Jesus Christ? Because let's be honest. This guy that stands right here in front of you is going to fail and fail miserably. And if you want to find all the bad things about me, I'll be the first in line to tell you what they are. I'm not perfect. I'm going to fail. And let's be honest. There's a bunch of people sitting around you that are just humans. And guess what? They're going to fail you. They're going to say something that they ought not to say. They're going to do something that they know better than to do. Can I ask you the question, does one bad, does two bad, does three bad experiences negate, hear me, the ministry of Jesus Christ? No. Does one, two, or three bad apples do they stop you from fulfilling your purpose in life? Listen, many a man has been extremely cautious about becoming a father. Why? Because of his dad, right? Oh man, my, I don't want to be like my dad. I'm scared to be a father because I don't want to be like my dad. We're scared about that. Many a churchgoer has stopped going to church simply because they have been mistreated. Many a person has walked away from following Jesus Christ because they didn't want to end up like another person who claimed to be following Jesus. We all know those people. In fact, if we're honest, we've all raised our hand who had a confrontation with a bad apple. We've probably all been hurt. Please understand me this morning. I am not trying to minimize or diminish what happened to you or the struggle that you've gone through, or how someone has treated you, or how extremely ungodly someone has acted. But hear me, but instead of walking away from your purpose, your purpose in life, could it be that we just learn from the mistakes of the person that hurt us? Could it be that we just say, listen, they weren't following Jesus the way that they should have been? Let's be honest, Judas wasn't, was he? Judas walked with Jesus. Judas talked with Jesus. Yet somehow, he did not 
end up with Jesus. Please hear me. Don't give up on fulfilling your purpose. Don't do it. Don't give up on fulfilling your purpose. Please don't give up on continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Don't give up on it. Keep going. Let me ask you this question. Did Judas indeed stop the ministry of Jesus Christ? Did he stop it? Not a chance, man. Not a chance. Let's continue this story. Go to Acts chapter 1 again. Acts chapter 1 and verse 20. Acts chapter 1 and verse 20, the Bible says this. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate. This is talking about Judas. And let no man dwell therein. Watch this. And his bishopric, his position, his apostleship, let another take. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was named, surnamed, excuse me, Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, Show whether of these two thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots. And the lot fell upon Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Don't miss this. The ministry of Jesus Christ will continue. The ministry of Jesus Christ will continue. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It's going to keep moving forward. Hear me. Though there might be a vacancy, <laughs> though there might be a vacancy, though there might be a bad apple, though there might be somebody who has hurt you, though there might be a bad church, though there might be something wrong, hear me, the ministry of Jesus Christ is looking for someone who will stand in their place, who will say, listen, I'm not like that. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to stay true to his word. I'm going to walk in the way that he walked. I'm going to hear what he said, and I'm going to apply it. I'll stand in the gap. Can you imagine how Justice or Joseph here must have felt, how Matthias must have felt? Perhaps they felt a little like some of us do. When they were chosen, maybe they're a little apprehensive. Maybe even, again, I don't know, this is, the Bible never says this, but I'm just thinking, humanly speaking, maybe they felt a little like second best. Well, I wasn't chosen first. I wasn't the first person that you called. I'm just second fiddle, so to speak. I wasn't one of the original 12. Perhaps they said to themselves, what if I end up like Judas? After all, I'm taking his place. I want you to see something spectacular that I had never noticed before. According to verse 21 and 22, notice... Wherefore of these men which have companied with us, they've, they've walked with us, they've talked with us, they've companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Watch. Beginning from the baptism of John, 
unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must be ordained to be a witness with of, of, of his resurrection. These guys had walked, these guys had talked with Jesus the entire time the twelve had. They'd spent time with him from the baptism of John, from the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry until the time that he ascended. They had been with him. They were witness of the resurrection. They are going to take part in his ministry, the continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. So hear me. This, they would have been affected by the traitorous actions of Judas. They were with Jesus. They would have been around, and I know all forsook him and fled. These guys would have been a part of that. Whether they were in the garden whether they were outside the garden. I don't know where they were, but they were with Jesus. They would have been affected by this Judas, this Judas Iscariot, this traitor. But they would have also seen the incredible ministry that Jesus had. They would have saw him touch the blind. They would have saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. They would have saw him as he spoke to all the disciples, as he taught Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mount. They would have walked and talked and been with Jesus. And they saw the need for that ministry to continue on. And so when Matthias is chosen, in verse 26, I don't know if he said these words, but it's as if he said, here am I, Lord. Send me. I will serve you faithfully. I see the need for the ministry to continue on. And the one man failed. And the one messed up. And the one was a bad apple. I'll take his place. I'll step up. I'll do his job. In verse 26, Matthias is chosen. And guess what? To my knowledge, we never see his name again. What a waste, eh? What was this, just a big show that he put on? Hey guys, we got to replace him. Let's just put on a big show so we have it all. No, not a chance. Though we never see his name again, 30 times just in the book of Acts, the word apostles is used. And every time it's used, from what I looked up, listen, they were doing something spectacular to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ. And though Matthias' name is never mentioned, guess where he is? Progressing the ministry of Jesus Christ. For Matthias, it was not about personal preference. For Matthias, it was not about the job that he would be taking over For Matthias, it was not about the person who had his job before him. It was about his purpose, his calling. He was made for more. It was about progressing the ministry of Jesus Christ. I read this illustration and I love it. The noted English architect, Sir Christopher Wren, was supervising the construction of a magnificent cathedral in London. A journalist thought it would be interesting to interview some of the workers. So we chose three. And he asked them this question. What are you doing? What are you doing? The first replied, I'm cutting stone for 10 shillings a day. Interesting. 
The next, when asked, what are you doing, said this. I'm putting 10 hours a day in on this job. The third, when he was asked, what are you doing, listen to this. I am helping Sir Christopher Wren construct one of London's greatest cathedrals. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says this, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What would your answer be? Somebody came to you spiritually and said, what are you doing? I'm a member of Bible Baptist Church. (laughs) I've been going to church for X number of years. Or would you say, I am continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ? Have mistakes happened? Yes. Have people hurt you? Yes. But can you say, I am continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ? Are you helping continue the Lord Jesus' ministry? God has something absolutely spectacular planned for each and every one of you. Say, Pastor Yeomans, why are you connecting these two things together? Why is this so important? Here's why. Because Bible Baptist Church might cease to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ. It might. I hope it never does. But if it does, will you continue it? If the person sitting next to you, if your spouse says, I'm done, I'm walking away, why don't you just curse God and die, will you continue the ministry of Jesus Christ? If somebody hurts you, Somebody runs a knife through your stomach and twists it and says, you are going to die. I don't like you. I hate you. Anything else that you want to put in there, let me ask you this question. Will you continue the ministry of Jesus Christ? If your pastor fails you, and I will, I pray it never happens. Will you continue the ministry of Jesus Christ? Why? Because it is far more important than just a building. It is far more important than just one bad apple or two bad apples or a thousand bad apples. Hear me, the ministry of Jesus Christ is the sole purpose. The one thing that we can continue to walk in his way. Maybe you would say today, Whatever the circumstances, I will fulfill my purpose and be a part of continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Will you be a part of the greatest purpose on earth? Continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ, you were made for more. Will you join in that purpose, in that vision, no matter what happens. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity.
Father, I don't know if there's been some here that have been hurt, maybe by me. I don't know if there's some here today that's been hurt by maybe a former church and they're a bit gun shy. Again, Father, I have no idea, but you do. Father, not only that, you know what's coming. There are going to be things that come in and out of our lives. Father, would you help us today, the people who sit here, the people who hear this message, would you help us today to decide that no matter what the circumstance, I'm going to progress, I'm going to continue your ministry. Father, I pray you give us the strength to do so. Power through your Holy Spirit to accomplish that work. We'll give you the praise and honor and glory for it. 